You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. <laughs> Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings, and joining me, well, actually, I'm joining him in yeah. his uh, conservatory studio this week is Matt. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to sunny Whirlingham. Yeah, it's it's, it's ridiculously ridiculous. sunny it today. Ridiculous. It's Absolutely. such a nice day. It is. I, I don't know quite, I don't really don't know quite what's happening. Uh, it's, uh, are we having a winter this year? I mean, we I had, know. we had some sort Bypass of sleety winter. stuff yesterday, didn't yeah. we? But, uh, which, uh, to be fair, it did cause a little chaos, certainly in Lowestoft and or, um, mm. and or Stockton. There was a big accident yes, in Stockton yeah, this yeah. morning, yesterday morning. But, uh, yeah, so we've had our first sort of ice and snow so far this year. Not but, a lot. Um, We're not, but, not, um, too, um, uh, no, not as much no. as uh, those guys up north. No, well, uh, and, and as you said, we, ha- we haven't had, uh, we, we don't get snow here. We get snow. Snow. Yeah, yeah. We don't get snow. We don't get yeah. the full back. No, no, absolutely. Anyway, uh, how has your week been? Oh, it's been really fun. Yes, has yes, it? Yes, it's been really fun. I've had a had a busy week because my wife's been off work. So I've oh, been. Right. Um, yeah, I've been. Oh, hello. Yeah, it's all right. I've been. Yeah, um, yeah, just framing you slightly better. Thank you. Yeah. I've been. Uh, <laughs> been. Yeah, I've had dinners cooked for me and Have teas you? cooked for me. Hello. Yeah. So it's been. Oh, Pilot Pip's in the chat room. Good Whee. morning, Pip. Hello, Pip. Pip. He's been for a run. Pip's today. just been for a yeah, run today. Weirdo. Honestly. <laughs> Pip's just been for a, for so a well massive run. Yeah. Um, actually, he did he did uh, text us before to send us a he sent us a message for the uh, the show started and he's done a twelve mile run today mm. in the freezing cold. So well done, Pip. Absolutely, oh, yeah, well yeah. done. And if you haven't done so already, please, ladies and gentlemen, obviously yes. you need to sponsor him. We'll make sure that the links are available. But he is running the London Marathon. Yes, Pip is ever so slightly mental. There's no two ways about <laughs> it. He's slightly mental, but uh, cats off to him, and he's in, in great. No, no hats on. Oh, I, I, it's going to be one of those shows. I'm afraid yeah. I've forgotten how to communicate <laughs> with the world today. But uh, yeah, inc- incredibly well, well done, yeah. Pip. We ca- I can't wait. I'm going to actually see if I can get up to London to to to, it would to be cheer nice, him right? on. Yeah. yeah, that that yeah. is the plan. Um, I've uh, I've got. I'm going to go yeah, and stay I think with Pip is Pip is also Pip is going to try and do. A, uh, uh, he's going to try and do a segment whilst he's running. No, he is. He said what? he told me that he's going <laughs> to he's going to take his Tascam recorder. Is he? And uh, try and do a okay. segment uh, while he's uh, running the London Marathon, which would be <laughs> which okay. would be pretty awesome. Okay. Um, uh, Pips, uh, Pips, like I said, he's in the chat room. He's not stopping for long. Uh, he's just diving in to see the mayhem. Well, well, indeed, welcome to the chaos. Welcome to the chaos. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we are here. This is episode number ninety-five, 95 of yeah. the show. We're five away from our one hundred. Yes. Keep, um, keep those ideas coming yeah. in, guys. We're desperate to do something a bit special for our hundredth. Don't know what to do yet. No, we don't um, know what to do. We yet. really are struggling for ideas. <laughs> well, we have got some good ideas. Yeah, Charlie. The they all they yeah, either require, uh, money. require yeah. heaps of money or <laughs> they require Matt jumping out of an aircraft, and we just yeah, we don't want to do that. I'm sorry. What? Anyway, moving Excuse on. Excuse me, I didn't sign up to anything. <laughs> jumping out of it? No, no, just no. No jumping out absolutely of Absolutely no. no. No, absolutely okay, not happening. Fine. No, no, indeed. I can't even believe you said that out loud. No, just no. Okay. So moving on, <laughs> we uh, we haven't got a segment from Pip this week because Pip has, as we said, he's been on a run. But Pip's yeah. going to send us a segment in which will be which Matt will uh, very smoothly edit into uh, edit into the audio sh- uh, version of this uh, of the show. Once upon a time, there was a drone called PTUK. <laughs> That's very not very nice. Oh. Are we just a drone? Yeah, mm. just a white noise. I think quite often, but anyway. <laughs> 
It's crazy. It is. It's crazy. It's, 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 it's crazy. one of those shows, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but we do. Uh, for, so we are going to start the show mm. this week uh, slightly differently because, are, uh, yes. as you as you guys may or may not know, we started. Uh, we joined. Patreon. We joined Patreon. Mm. Uh, those of you who want to, uh, listen to Captain Jeff with APG, all those guys there, and uh, th- it's a it's a way that me and Matt can. Uh, Obviously, cover the server fees and the yeah. web hosting stuff and Absolutely. all the uh, fees that are associated with doing the podcast. Mm. And mm. Uh, after launching it on the website and yeah. on the uh, on the show, we did have some uh, some very very kind Patreons. So we've been a bit blown away, actually, haven't we? I know. Oh, cue, hello. Cue the music oh, there. Cue the jazz tunes, baby. So we're going to call this. <laughs> we're going to call this the uh, the uh, Earl Grey Fund. Hey. Because Matt, Matt uh, uh, Captain Jeff has the uh, coffee fund. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to have the Earl Grey fund. We don't have to nick every single idea off Jeff. You realise that, don't I you? I know, I know. But it's just, it's just <laughs> nice, isn't it? I feel obliged to sort of pop upstairs with this music on, slip on some kind of comfortable smoking Smoke, jacket. Smoking jacket, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Pipe and slippers. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, we have got some very generous Patreons we indeed. We have, yeah, absolutely. So our first Patreon yeah. is... Dr. Steph from the APG so thank you Dr. Steph for your uh, kind uh, Patreon donation very kind we've also got a Patreon donation from Jeff Newman cool thanks Jeff thank you very much Jeff yeah and Ray Williams ah good old Ray good old Ray Williams thanks for your Patreon donation and we've also got one from Adrian Meacham so thank you Adrian. Adrian yeah thank you Adrian and also, we have got a pledge from Captain Al. Oh, wow. Those of you, you all know who The legend Captain that is Al Captain is. Al, yeah, absolutely. So, well, thanks so to those guys. We, we, honestly, we have been completely blown away by how generous everybody has been. So, it, it really will make a huge difference. And we promise that we will use that money to uh, buy Earl Grey. Uh, yeah, to buy Earl Grey tea and uh, make the show bigger and better for 2016. I'm just reading the chat room now. <laughs> Masha. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not reading that out. Sure, that's very good. <laughs> that's very good. good. She is right, though. As so, uh, pipe, sloops, oh, pipe, smoking jacket, jacket yes. slippers. Yes. I feel like I should change my surname Ooh, now to Hefner. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, I think we should stop the music now. Okay. <laughs> so thanks for that, guys. Uh, and uh, yeah, exhausted. don't forget Too if you want to, if you want to be uh, have your name mentioned yes. whilst the. Uh, <laughs> The seventies <laughs> particular music's playing. Seventies, uh, yeah. You can uh, you can be, become a Patreon via mm. our website. Just mm. click on there and uh, <laughs> yeah, click on the Patreon link and it'll tell you yeah. what to do and stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks ever so much for those guys for your kind no, donations. No, as I was saying, we really have been blown away by how quickly um, um, we've we've re- received so much support. It's very so cool. uh, please do. It's fantastic, and it also helps pay for our travel costs to uh, Riyadh and Absolutely. Farnborough, which yeah. me and Matt are going to this year as well, yep. which is cool. No, we've got our accommodation yeah. booked for Riyadh and farmer this year you're all very kind so very kind so we're going to kick off the show then as we do each week with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the uk so if you're ready matt i certainly am yes 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 let's go So kicking off this week's first news story on the, here we go, Northern Echo. Ooh, Ooh, the Northern Echo website. And the headline, abusivejet2.com airline passenger billed £6,800 
after flight to Newcastle was forced to divert. <gasps> My word. Yeah. So an abusive passenger who caused a New Year's Day flight from Tenerife to Newcastle to be diverted has been billed £6,800 <gasps> for costs incurred by the airline. Wow. Jet2.com flight was forced to land in Shannon in Ireland after the 42-year-old woman uh, from Sunderland reportedly became increasingly aggressive and abusive to staff. The woman was taken from the flight and uh, she was taken off the aircraft and handed into local police at Shannon. According to reports, the passenger was drunk at the time of the incident. No surprise there. Mm. And uh, as well as the £6,800 invoice, the woman has also been given a lifetime ban by Jet2.com. Although the woman was released without charge after being questioned, the airline said it was providing crew reports to the Irish police in order for a file to be submitted to the Department of Prosecutions. Oh, so they're taking it very seriously. Mm. Phil yeah. Ward, managing director of Jet2.com, said the safety and the welfare of our customers and staff is always their number one priority. With our Onboard Together initiative, we openly vowed to take every possible action to stamp out antisocial behaviour on flights, and that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, passengers were inconvenienced on New Year's Day because of the woman's unacceptable behaviour towards crew caused, and it caused a substantial delay to the mm. aircraft. Jet, uh, last, uh, last year, uh, Jet2 handed lifetime bans to around 50 travellers wow. who were abusive or disruptive uh, towards staff and fellow passengers and stopped nearly 500 people from travelling. A zero-tolerance campaign has been launched after the airport's uh, airline sorry, suffered a number of diversions uh, or delays due to unruly passengers. Under tougher rules, Jet2 has threatened to send a £3,500 bill and pursue legal action against passengers whose behaviour results in a diversion. Mm. Wow. Uh, well, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. That's one heck of a decision. bill to receive through the uh, post. Well, it's right. I'm sorry. It's, it's the same, same old story. If you can't handle your alcohol, then, then you I'm sorry, drink. you shouldn't be drinking. No, that's very true. And um, £6,800 is cheap, frankly. I'd have charged mm. them an awful lot more. So I yeah. think they can... I mean, I, that, that's, that, for, to me, that seems quite low. I mean, the cost of fuel... Mm. Uh, and all the other bits and pieces that are involved with obviously yeah. bringing an aircraft down so, you know, too Absolutely. soon with the fuel and stuff on board you've got, and plus the passengers' inconvenience. Yeah. With um, with one of those flights, do they have to do a fuel dump before they um, before they land? Not all aircraft are, are fitted with a capability to fuel dump. It's yeah. it's more the larger um, long range aircraft, triple sevens, the A three eighties, and the seven fours that have the fuel dump mm. capabilities. Not many small. Um, aircraft like the 73s yeah. and the, the A320s and that have the maybe the capability of fuel. But they have they haven't got to do a massive fly. Most of them have to, right. yeah. Okay. To uh, you know, if they are heavy mm. and they're, they're full of fuel, they do have to do the the circles mm. to, to burn fuel. But then off. I suppose yeah. landing at Newcastle or landing uh, in airplane terms, essentially landing at Newcastle or landing at Gatwick, there isn't mm. really a great deal. Of distance involved in it, is no. There? I mean, this was Shannon's. This is Ireland, isn't it? This this aircraft right, landed, yeah. but um, it's not good. And obviously, you know, this just proves that uh, Jet Two are definitely not going to. Um, no, no, take and, any and, and that is what it's a worrying number. Fifty over fifty people have received lifetime mm. bans in twenty fifteen. I mean, that really silly. is a worrying. T there's a it's a worrying stat that there's that many people who are being that stupid. Mm. You know, I mean, obviously, th this this opinion is my own personal opinion, obviously, and not that necessarily shared by Plain Talking UK. But 
Uh, it just seems a very stupid thing to do. I'm sorry. Very silly. Very yeah, silly. Very indeed. silly indeed. Absolutely. Anyway, on to the next story. Uh, a new website. This one. This is Travolution. Uh, Travolution. And indeed. And this is a tech story actually involving Ryanair, which I which I always end up with. But Ryanair updates app with an easier payment pro process. Ryanair has released an update to its mobile app. The changes include an improved airport search function and improved ancillary design and uh, an easier payment process, boarding pass download on login and improved non-EU and special assistance customer information. The app, which can be downloaded for iPhone and Android, oh, that's good to hear, Android as well, uh, is available in English, Italian, Polish, Dutch, German, French and Spanish with further language, language versions yet to follow. Ryanair's Robin Keeley said the response to our app has been hugely positive over, uh, with over 6.5 million downloads to date. Our latest version offers customers a smoother booking, payment and checking process and has a much more improved design. We are looking hard to continue, uh, sorry, we are working hard to continue to improve our app with further updates that will make it an even more useful travel tool. I should apologise to everyone actually in the fact that today for some reason I've lost the ability to talk and read at the same time. <laughs> so this could be a challenging, oh. could be a challenging morning as far That's as... That's good though. I haven't got that app on my phone no, so I'm going to have to get the yeah, uh, Ryan. Absolutely. And I was a bit disappointed with, I think it was EasyJet, wasn't it, where they recently updated their app, but it was only available if you were a, 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 an I, I, iOS customer, uh, which is a bit frustrating. Oh, I've got the EasyJet app on my, on my no, phone, no, Android no, phone. The, the, the one where it was all about the, the um, it sort of got, like, got airport layouts and all that kind of thing. Oh, right, yeah. That interactive yeah. one that they were doing. It was, uh, well, certainly when we read the story, it was only mm. available on iOS, which I was a bit disappointed by. But um, but uh, no, good on good on Ryanair for. Do you know uh, on an offshoot that. story, and uh, this is something that I found yesterday. Um, because mm. we because we're off to Malta for a change. Just, just for, for a change. change. Oh, you're going to Malta. To Malta, yeah, Are in you? June right, okay. this year. And do you know what? I was looking at flights yesterday to book flights for us to go across. So hang on, to hang on a minute. No, you you don't get away with that. So you're off to Las Vegas next soon. month. And then you're then Malta in oh, June. Get, get the Malta's a cheap holiday. Yes, yes. Whatever. But, <laughs> right. I was I was looking at all the webs or the air, the airlines, the main airlines that yes. fly into Malta. Mm. Obviously, Air Malta being one, Ryanair yes. yep. and EasyJet. Yes, all flying to Malta from the UK. Yes. And uh, there is such a huge difference in price between a Saturday and a. Sunday flight. Oh, it's all about peaks, though. Peak so times, isn't different. It? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So different. I'm not surprised. Um, because you'd think a Sunday flight, everyone, everyone who's in the UK from Malta will want to be getting back to ready mm. for the you know the week commencing. But yeah, so you think that'd be a peak, peak, time to fly, a heavy yeah. time to fly. But the the flights are half the price on a Sunday. Really? Mm. Oh, yeah. Really? Unless yeah. it's because people want to travel back on the Saturday so that they've got Sunday to to deal with any delays and all that kind. of And thing. the frustrating thing as well is that I found, especially with um, with Ryanair and EasyJet, mm. is the fact that. You know the flight prices to go from the UK to Malta are reasonably cheap, mm. but once you add on uh, a allowance of suitcase, you know, a twenty kilo suitcase for yeah. each passenger, that really ramps the price up big time. Yeah, but it's, it's baggage. It's baggage in general, isn't it? Whereas Air Malta, yeah. their fare mm. includes one twenty kilo. Um, yeah, but you can't. You pass. can't compare. You can't compare <laughs> Ryanair uh, as an example to because I mean the, the, the pricing mm. structure is different. I mean mm. you know Ryanair is all about encouraging you as as a passenger to actually use hand luggage only, um, as where Air Malta is perhaps what I call a more traditional airline. If you see what I mean. But I, strangely enough, mm. being being the knowledgeable chap I am about 
flights and bookings. Really, holidays. never, never. I, all, I always was under the assumption that uh, Air Malta was the, the most expensive way to travel to Malta, being the national airline. But it isn't. It is actually the cheaper option of travelling to really? Malta. Yes, it oh. very much is. The only downside is is that with Ryanair and EasyJet, you can fly, or Ryanair, you can fly from um, Stansted or Luton. Right. And EasyJet, you can fly from uh, Luton. Okay. Um, but with Air Malta, you have to fly from Gatwick, London right, Gatwick. Okay. Yeah, but that's um, not. That's but not that's not a hardship. It's not the end of the world. Anyway, we're off, <laughs> off peak there. But I just thought I'd drop that one in there. <laughs> pleasure, never a chore. Uh, yeah. So the next story is <laughs> on the Bloomberg.com website, mm-hmm. and the uh, headline, uh, really good story. This one, Virgin Atlantic, uh, poised for a 4.3 billion uh, pa- uh, dollar, dollar Airbus yeah. uh, A350 deal. Ooh. So um, Virgin Atlantic uh, is set to announce a deal for 12 uh, Airbus Group um, A350-1000 jets with a list price of $4.3 billion uh, as Richard Branson's flagship carrier renews its wide-body leisure fleet, according to people with knowledge of the plan. The UK-based Virgin will probably buy nine of the twin-engine planes directly from Airbus and uh, take three from leasing firms, says the people who uh, asked not to be named because their negotiations are private. So this Ooh. is a bit of a, bit of a leaked, bit of a bit of a leaked yes. story. Uh, Virgin Atlantic has said it's evaluating both the A350 and the Boeing company's 777 to replace the four-engine Boeing 747 jumbos that form the heart of its long-haul leisure operations at London Gatwick Airport. Um, these are obviously more fuel-efficient jets as well. These are the new ones. The company said on Tuesday that it's in the process, uh, the process remains ongoing and that it will make an announcement uh, on the decision um, taken and Airbus has declined to comment. Mm. The carrier returned to profit in 2014, bolstered by a partnership with 49% shareholder Delta Airlines. Uh, That's seen it refocus on transatlantic routes after years of global expansion. The U.S. operator in November ordered 25 A350-900s worth $7.4 billion to replace some of its own Boeing 747-400s. Virgin Atlantic wants to take uh, new jets from late 2018 or early 2019. Eric Varwich is uh, the executive vice president commercial, uh, and he said this in November. While Airbus began A350 deliveries in 2014, the Dash-1000 model isn't due until 2017. Warwick said the 777 was also in the running, most likely the current version, since an upgraded 777X model won't be available until 2020. Virgin is eliminating other four-engine planes to trim costs, ceasing operations with the uh, airline's A340-300s last year, and they're working on an exit plan for the A340-600s. Uh, the last 747s based at Heathrow, London's hub, will exit the fleet this month. The carrier has outstanding orders for Boeing 787-9 Dreamliners, uh, with eight delivered and remains uh, on Airbus's customer list for the A380 Super Jumbo, though it has deferred delivery of six of these planes until 2018 at the earliest. Mm-hmm. So that's good news for um, for definitely for uh, for Airbus, mm. and it would uh, obviously be 
uh, a prudent idea for Virgin to sort of start phasing out those four-engined um, mm. gas guzzlers, if you want to call them. Well, but uh, yeah, but you, you say that. I mean, planes. you know, at the moment, it, the, the the world is going through what I can only describe as a bit of a, a, a surplus yeah, of a fuel, fuel at the moment. Yeah. I mean, it's under a pound a litre now for both petrol and diesel here in the UK, which is. I mean, it ha- I can't. Rem- I mean, it was so long ago since we had numbers of that, mm. and they reckon it's gonna. They could possibly drop to below thirty dollars a barrel. They reckon. Wow. Um, I mean, well, I mean, our fuel has come down in the UK here. Our, our mm. diesel and petrol fuel yeah. has come yeah. down. In the UK. Well, well, and they're both the not same it, for a change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Diesel, actually, yeah, I did see that in one of our local mm. ga- uh, stations yeah. here. That um, our fuel here in the UK is uh, some mm. of the garages is the same price. Yeah. Well, I spent I spent an awful lot of time going backwards and forwards from past. Uh, Asda yesterday in Lowestoft, uh, in my my favourite part of the world, um, <laughs> where uh, and it was ninety nine point seven p a litre for both wow. petrol and diesel. So that's uh, cheap. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Perhaps the um, the uh, airfares will come down now as well. <laughs> uh, or not. Ever hopeful. Or not. Yes. Indeed. Oh, this is quite nice. I is like it? this story. On to the a next story. As well. Yes. Oh, is it? Mm. Oh, okay. I, I shall have my buttons at the ready then. Uh, this is future travel experience. And uh, it's a BA story, which is always nice. I, I pressed the wrong button, haven't I? There we are. Well, hello. Uh, yes. BA extends food pre-ordering service to five mm. medium haul routes. Pre-ordering. Okay, cool. Um, ooh, I say I'm going to have to. I'm just going to have to throw that up before we. Matt's uh, going to put the picture here uh, of this throw, meal. By throw up, I don't mean. Bleh. I mean, um, you know, it's. Um, I, I can't remember how to do it now. For those of you in the uh, in, in the live chat go. room, yes, we take a look at that. That, that is that looks, looks very very there nice. We go. It's, uh, yeah, really, really quite nice. For those who are watching on the old, um, uh, who are listening on the old um, podcast Audio service, podcast. You'll it, it is, it is uh, futuretravelexperience.com is the website, and, mm. it, and the headline is, or, or it's BA Extends Food Pre-Ordering Service to Five Medium Hall Routes, and uh, it does look, as I say, it certainly looks very appetizing. Do, do you reckon it actually looks like that when it's served to you on the plane? It must do. I yeah, think, yeah, it probably does. For anyway. Yeah, I'm not sure. It's, a, it's, it's one of those things where a McDonald's McDonald's looks incredibly appealing <laughs> on the sign in the shop, but when they actually serve it to you oh. in the lukewarm box that it's arrived in, it's not quite. That so looks really nice. I mean, you've got, you've got smoked salmon, you've got yeah. sort of some kind of um, sliced potato kind of thing there, gratin yeah. sort of thing with some broccoli. <laughs> um, uh, I think they're pepper. Actually, that's broccoli and peppers. Broccoli. They're peppers, peppers that have been cut with the broccoli inside. That looks ah, really nice. Okay, actually, mum did stuff peppers um, um, for our tea okay, yesterday. I'm not, I'm so British Airways is extending its pre-ordering service for in-flight meals to five additional routes following a positive response from premium passengers. Uh, passengers flying in First Club World, uh, that's Business Class, and World Traveller Plus, that's Premium Economy, can now pre-order their meals when flying from Heathrow to Beirut, Cairo, Baku, Tel Aviv and Amman. The service is also available on all BA long-haul routes. The service was launched last year alongside the introduction of an option for World Traveller, that's in Economy passengers, to purchase one of six meals in advance of their flight as an alternative to the standard on board menu. 
The meals can be pre-booked up to 24 hours before the flight. Colin Talbot, British Airways Head of Catering, said, We know how important food is to customers when they fly. It forms a significant part of the service and experience, and we want to make sure that our customers really enjoy the meals that they've served. These two options that we've introduced in the past year allow them to select their meals and look forward to their choice. It's a great idea having nice food on board, but I, I can think of several customers. I, I'm thinking of one, one recent BA customer in particular who would probably appreciate them actually keeping their schedule online rather than taking it off by having already booked a flight. I know, um, I think it was sort of last year, uh, a friend of mine was supposed to be flying out with BA and um, about three or four months before they were supposed to fly, they just pulled the flight, said your flight mm. has been cancelled. Um, whether it just hadn't sold enough seats or what, I don't know. But uh. but this pre-ordering food thing, I mean, most airlines, when you fly long haul, I mean, when we mm. booked our flights to Vegas next yeah. month with Virgin, you get an option on the, um, when you book your flight, you don't get an option to what you have, but you no. obviously get your options for vegetarian, mm. vegan, and dairy-free and stuff yeah. like that. So you can, that option is given yeah. to you when you book these flights. But it'd be nice to be able to pre-book a, a specific meal. Yes. You know, given a choice, a menu choice of what yeah. you can have. And yeah. then, um, you There's know, sort of multiple items, mm. you know, sort of mm. anything up to ten items. Because there are certain choose. things that I'd, that I'd probably like enjoy there more than um, more than other bits. Yeah. The dessert looks quite nice, actually. That's, like a, that's, like one of those, that. that's a summer pop, fruit pudding, isn't it? I'll pop that, I'll pop that back that, up. That is a summer that fruit a, pudding. Yeah, it's an, with a, with a, a, a sort of vanilla coulis or something yeah, to the left of it. Yeah, looks um, lovely, yeah. It does look very, very nice. And and, and a bag labelled bread. That's nice. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure how tasty that would be. Be, but, <laughs> a bag uh, labelled bread is absolutely tasty. Mm-mm-mm. Yes, anyway. actually, actually, Marsha in the in it, Marsha in the chat room has put that uh, it barely looks like three bites. Uh, a good, good, a good point. Mm. Once or so, okay. but then you know, that's probably what we as human beings are supposed to eat yeah. um, for our meal, not not what we actually all do eat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, just I tend to pick when I'm on planes. Anyway, I do pick, you? Yeah, I, I eat really badly when I'm flying long. Do you? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I used to. Um, um, and usually my flights are Ryanair, to be honest. Mm. So I mean, it's it depends on how rich I am as to whether I can afford a panini. Frankly, I'll <laughs> <laughs> sin those. They're not good. Uh, actually, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to diss them. I'm not going to diss them. They are right. actually quite nice. The ham and cheese one, especially, I can recommend. It's an excellent, and it, it does arrive hot. And the coffee that they do is amazing. I think I've said this before. Yeah, the coffee's good. The coffee's yeah. amazing. Cause yeah. This weird filter yeah. thing where you drink it through a filter. But what you end up with, it, I know it's the bright sunlight, isn't it? I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, yes, the, um, the, the, what you end up with Coffee's is actually good, an, yeah. a, a beyond passable. In fact, it's actually nice coffee. Um, a brilliant idea. You, you know. can't be a good, good you good, can't good be coffee. decent coffee. I know, we've, but we do we, like Earl Grey. We do like Earl Grey. We've we've had a very nice coffee here actually. We did morning, have a nice haven't coffee, we? Yes, yeah, it's the Twyford's nice. blend. There's a, a a coffee shop just behind Twyford's in Beckles here, and they they now make their own blends of coffee, and they do a special Twyford's blend that I bought over Christmas, and I've just treated Carlos to some in our coffee mugs this morning. It was very nice. It was very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Very nice. Indeed. Anyway, should we should we get on with some more stories? Yes. And yes. so the next story is on the Travel Weekly website. This one. And uh, the headline is EasyJet Holidays aims to tap into posh holiday market. Mm. So a posh holidays with posh, holiday. posh prices. Posh. Uh, advertising posh. is uh, being pushed um, investigated by EasyJet Holidays. Mm. The campaign features a fictional luxury travel agent boss, Frederick F. Farquhar, oh, who no. becomes increasingly <laughs> frustrated by EasyJet's holidays, offering the same packages for less than he does. 
The concept aims to change perceptions of EasyJet Holiday's three- to five-star package holidays instead of positioning the operator as challengers in the posh holiday market. The radio adverts will last for six weeks uh, with further activity across the additional channels included print in newspapers planned for this year. EasyJet Holidays General Manager Mandy Round said, Our new campaign is designed to promote the holidays we offer using the fictional Farquhar travel agent's character Papa. in a fun way to show that we offer good value for money without compromising on the quality of our selected, uh, especially selected accommodation. We think that this campaign relies uh, or relays our brand is moving towards uh, a slightly cheeky and fun way. <laughs> Um, I mean, I actually haven't been, I haven't seen the holiday part of the EasyJet website. I must admit, I, I just tend to use it for the flights. But um, it's just me being slightly doolally here, possibly, which is, which is always a risk, obviously. Um, but I seem to remember that they used to do holidays before. I'm sure. It, I, they, don't, I don't know. I, I'm sure I got a niggle in the back of my mind. This is not the first time we've, they've done it because they didn't they do cruises and things like that to start off with. They used to do easy, yes, they easy, did. Yeah. easy cruises. And I've yeah. got, I'm, I'm, all, yeah. I'm, I'm sure this isn't the first time that they've dabbled in sort of being an all-in-one travel agent. Um, but maybe that's my mind playing tricks on me. We'll, we'll have to know. look it up. We'll I have don't to know. Look it up. Anyway, on to the next, next story. Next story. Uh, this is on motors.co.uk. It's a slightly unusual uh, source. Um, and the headline is Crackdown Begins on Airport... Ah, uh, on Airport... Airport? No, airport. No, I'm sorry. Air, <laughs> <laughs> airport car park charges... Uh, no, it doesn't do that one. We're being blinded. We, we have, we've got a, a truly delightful day here, unfortunately. <laughs> it's but it really is, sunny. It, it is. The trouble is, when I set all the cameras up this morning, it was rather dull and, well, it was raining, wasn't it, when you it arrived? Was, it was, um, yeah. so, it's, uh, so apologies, all the white balances are, are, are wrong for if you're watching on YouTube. Anyway, uh, following a 2015 study um, that found car parks at British airports the most expensive in the world, a crackdown is planned on excessive charges imposed on parks for holidaymakers. The study found that travellers travelling from London City Airport were paying £315 a week to park their Ooh. vehicle. <laughs> Is How much have you paid? 40 odd? Uh, 33 quid. 33 quid, absolutely. Uh, uh, to park their vehicle, unless they pre-booked online, um, where the fee uh, more than halved to £128. That's still ridiculous. Mm. Um, Heathrow was similarly expensive with parking costing £175 a week, although the airport offers a £31.43 winter discount price. That's a bit more like it. Another issue raised was the aggressive no-stopping policies that saw a number of motorists fine £100 for halting for a few seconds to look at signs or to collect friends and family. We covered a story like that last week, didn't mm. we? As a result, a review of road and rail access to airports will be carried out by the Civil Aviation Authority to ensure that parking operators compete fairly and efficiently, uh, resulting in satisfaction and value for money for the customer. The majority of airports subcontract parking operations to third-party providers, charging more the closer, uh, charging more the closer travellers park to the terminal, uh, charging more the closer travellers park to the terminal. Anthony, uh, who is the founder of the parking website Just Park, told the Telegraph, "We've n we've long known that airport parking is vastly overpriced. When people are paying more for their airport parking than their flights, something clearly needs to change." I ain't going to disagree with you there. With the high prices charged by some parking operators, travellers would be forgiven in thinking that the security surrounding their cars was equally as high. 
However, in August 2015, parking operator Airport Parking Limited were found guilty and fined £6,000 after they were found to have left travellers' cars in uninsured fields. Yeah. As opposed to the secure compound they had promised their customers. Charging £32.95 per vehicle per night, the Crawley based business left car park windows open. Oh my goodness, car, left car windows open and kept the keys in an unattended box. Wow. <laughs> a reality far from the 20 or 24 hours a day security presence that had been promised. Mm, that's very that's 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 just not good. I mean, you you do. I mean, like everyone knows, you have to shop around when you when you're looking for yeah. for for bits and pieces for holidays, for mm. booking flights, and for stuff like that. You've got to shop around. You've got to look at various websites yeah. and um, and and see what you know what the best deals and stuff are. But I I tend to um, try if I can book a, a car parking that's on site. Right. I know it's not yeah. always a cheaper option, no, but you can. No. When you sign up to there's a there's um, there's many companies but there's one called Air Parks. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we, we've we've used which them, yeah. uh, and very often they send us emails through with ten or fifteen percent discount mm. yeah. deals for car parking. And as Matt said a minute ago, you know I've I, I've paid I've just paid just over thirty three pounds yeah. to pay uh, to park at Gatwick Airport next month for yeah. a week. I mean. It's not bad. It's not it? bad. You you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't get those kind of figures parking in Norwich to be and fair. That, and that's and that's on site. That's yeah. actually that is terminal. definitely on site. Yeah, that's yeah, no, that's terminal. good. Yeah, the um, long haul, the long haul um, car parks can actually be quite reasonable. Mm, it, mm. Again, if you've had the foresight to to book in advance, and it's one of those if you if you've got a sort of um, if you've got to do it sort of last minute, then it is one of those occasions where it's worth getting you getting somebody to run you because Marsha's just uh, she's uh, in the chat room. She just said that uh, luckily she's got good rail connections. Ah, to yes. Very, very jealous. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's good. We we haven't really got massively um, direct rail services from here anyway mm. for us. We do have to yeah. do quite a few changes. Yeah, Mark, Mark's got airport. a good idea here. I think we've, we've used this as well. He says, because I have to travel uh, to any main airport, I use, I've usually managed to tie in my parking with a hotel deal. Yes, and that, that's, that's a good, actually a good a, idea. A, yeah, yeah, that's, that, that's that, a good that's, idea. A lot of people do that. Yeah. Anyway, on to the next story. On to the next story. And this one is on the National Business site. And a uh, bit of a worry, this one. Qatar Air- uh, Airways, or Qatar Airways, as our American friends right. tend to call okay. it. But a uh, bit like the Farnborough. Oh, stop it. Sorry. Uh, so Qatar <laughs> Airways threats uh, to quit One World Alliance. Now, right. Matt, now, what is the One World so Alliance? So the, the One World Alliance um, is... There's, an, there's an, one called Star Alliance as well. Right, okay. So they're both... The One World and the Star Alliance are yeah. kind of a a, um, a group of airlines that all joined together in like a club. Okay, and um, they kind of um, sort of share things and, and flights and stuff like right. that. It's, okay, sort of like, it's sort kind of like of a, code sharing. Yeah, it's kind of a way of airlines sort of grouping together to okay. to, to sort of uh, help each other out right. and stuff. Okay, um, and there's quite a few airlines in in the One World Alliance. I think okay. uh, British Airways is in, in the One World mm-hmm. Alliance and stuff. Um, and Emirates, uh, Etihad, um, uh, to Dubai Airport. Um, yeah, yeah, indeed. So uh, Qatar Airways has said it uh, may seek to form a breakaway group within the One World Alliance should fellow member Air American Airlines continue to lend its weight to a U.S. push to curb the growth of Arabian Gulf rivals. Oh. Qatar Airways, which joined One World in 2013, won't tolerate a situation where conditions are no longer 
uh, conductive to a fair business relationship and mutual mm. respect, Chief Executive Akbar Al-Baker said. We don't get bullied by anybody, he said at a briefing in Los Angeles where the carrier began flights from Doha on January the 1st. If American does not want to work fairly with us, we will consult with others and we could form our own mini-alliance if we wanted to, he says. While Mr. Al-Baker has um, said before that Qatar Airways could quit One World if its partner continues to seek limits on U.S. access for Gulf operators, he has not previously threatened to split from the alliance. The U.S. carriers American Delta and United all say that Qatar Airways, Etihad Airways and Emirates have all benefited from a $42 billion uh, in legal aid and want air treaties revised. The Gulf Airlines refute these claims and One World has 15 members drawn from 13 companies. Um, it could be a major issue, uh, especially for the biggest U.S. carriers, if it should involve, as well, it also involves British Airways, uh, in which Qatar has a 10% uh, stake in the, uh, um, in the airline via the U.K. company's parent group, IAG. A joint venture between BA and the U.S. carrier and IAG's Spanish Iberia arm on North Atlantic routes uh, took more than a decade to win regulatory clearance and is regarded as one of the most profitable in the entire airline industry. I mean, that would be, I mean, Air Qatar, what a huge airline mm. uh, over there, you know, in, in the sort of um, the, the, the Middle East. And um, to lose a big airline from the alliance like that would be, um, yeah. would be, would be foolish, I think. But, it um, would. It would. But then they must have their reasons. So, and it, but to be honest, it just sounds a little bit like sour grapes between American Airlines and, and that. But I'm not quite sure what they're up to. Is it because they they just want well American Airlines wants a larger cut well, they, of the share essentially? I think you it? know they they all want you know yeah. big big parts of everything sort yeah. of um, they all want you know they all want their their big share. I think yeah. that's uh, that's where they're, they're sort of starting to find. Mm. But I mean the One World Alliance has um, has got um, Air Berlin, um, American as we said, yeah. British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Finnair, Iberia, Japan Airlines, LAN. Yeah. Uh, TAM or TAM Airlines, wow. Malaysian, Qantas, Qatar, as we've got here, Royal Jordanian, um, mm. S7 Airlines, yeah. that's Russia's uh, largest domestic carrier, okay. uh, Sri Lankan Airlines, and uh, they're all part of the One World Group. Wow. So there we go. Uh, next story, and it's uh, a Ryanair story. <laughs> <laughs> this is on the Travel Mole website, and the headline is Ryanair in talks with two airlines about a long-haul tie-up. Now, we've covered several stories about this, haven't they? They really are sort of pushing to try and do long-haul if they can. So Ryanair has confirmed that it is in discussion with long-haul airlines to act as a feeder service. Uh, the move would see customers booking through a single transaction within the Ryanair for with Ryanair fulfilling the short haul element of the journey. A spokesman said, "We are speaking to a number of airlines concerning feeding long haul airlines, namely TAP at Lisbon and Norwegian at London Gatwick." Given we have the largest route network in Europe, it's a logical move and a very attractive proposition for long-haul carriers. However, it would represent a very small percentage of our business and it is very much at the discussion-only phase at this time. EasyJet is believed to be considering a similar move. For long-haul flag carriers, it would mean they would be able to fill their long-haul aircraft by taking feeder traffic from low-cost airlines. Uh, they may also be able to cut some of their loss making short haul routes it's a good idea isn't it so uh, 
it's a, it's quite a yeah i'm surprised they don't do do more of this i mean you quite often get um sort of feeder coach services don't you like you'll, mm. you you you'll have multiple coaches arrive at stansted and then stansted takes people on somewhere else certainly in the coaching world and i'm surprised it uh, it isn't something that happens more readily in, in in the airline world really i mean code share and things is a is a similar sort of you know is a, is a regular occurrence but uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they if they join up with someone like Norwegian mm. for this. And of course, they do something very similar because you fly from Norwich to Schiphol and then somewhere after that. So if mm. you book through through say um, the Norwich Airport travel agent, then you you want to go from Norwich to say Singapore or something like that, and you would yeah. literally you would fly to Schiphol and then and then go out yeah. from there, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, I think it will happen this year. Mm. They, you know, Brian Air are going to come up this year at some yeah. point and say. We are Ta-da. we yeah. are joining forces with said airline yeah, to absolutely. offer. You know, I wonder which one they'll go. With. I don't know. Yeah, it won't be a British one. I'm quite sure of that. No. <laughs> Probably not. No, indeed. Next story. Moving on. Yes. And uh, this um, the story. This one is on the Mirror website. Oh dear. Um, Dubious then. <laughs> but this is a true story. Is it? Uh, yeah. This is a, a story that was on. For those of you who follow our Facebook tweet oh, yes. uh, uh, feed, uh, you would have seen this story on our Facebook um, feed this week. And the headline is British Airways flight grounded because of misplaced traffic cone at Aberdeen Airport. Oh dear. Yes, I did say traffic cone. Okay. Yes. Are, so the story they're infamous for grounding aircraft, know, obviously. <laughs> damn you, traffic cone! <laughs> oh, so the plane was left stranded on the runway after being scheduled to fly from London Heathrow at 7:25 p.m. After the offending cone became wedged under the plane. Ooh. So uh, the British Airways flight uh, was grounded due to this misplaced traffic cone, <laughs> and it was do. left stranded on the runway. And witnesses said the plane had been inspect or had to be inspected to see if the cone had damaged the engine oh, no. after it became wedged in the undercarriage of the plane. Hey. It is understood the plane lowered uh, because of the weight of the passengers and luggage boarding the flight, and the cone had become stuck underneath the engine nacelle. Uh, passengers and crew were taken off the plane while technical checks were carried out before the plane was able to then take off shortly after 9.15pm. Oh, dear. Joe Churcher, whose girlfriend was on board the flight, tweeted, BA flight grounded by traffic cone. The weight of the passengers and luggage apparently dropped the plane onto the misplaced cone, uh, which damaged, uh, slightly damaged an engine. Um, passengers and luggage <laughs> were taken off the uh, BA plane to try and unimpale it from the traffic cone. And uh, I don't how, know if Mac... How can, how can a... We've got a, an image I'm there. I'm sorry. This I'm is a Twitter sorry. image. I don't get this. I don't get this. How can <laughs> that go. plastic traffic cone, which I won't lie, I have crushed a few in my time <laughs> in my coach... Um, how, oh. how can that t- plastic traffic cone do any kind of damage to... How does it impale on the engine? I mean, the it's engine... Not, it's not that... It's not even up to waist height. <laughs> it, may, it may have created a slight dent in the what? engine nacelle. No. But I mean, what I just think this story is bizarre. It is very, um, very bizarre. So that picture we just showed there, for yeah. those of you in the chat room, uh, this picture was tweeted um, by a member of airport mm. staff. Uh, also, yeah. a member of airport staff was tweeted with a picture. Uh, yes, it's mirror, mirror.co.uk um, and it's British Airways flight grounded because... 
Um, and, and that's how you'll search it. So if you search for that, you can actually see the picture if you ever see it. It's very bizarre. So the British Airways spokesperson said that uh, the safety of our customers and crew yes. is always our top priority, as they always yes, do. indeed. Uh, our highly trained engineers inspected the aircraft before it continued on its journey, and they were sorry for any inconvenience to uh, customers' travel plans. I'd like to think that these <laughs> highly experienced and you know expert engineers probably took one look at the cone and just laughed at people. That's, that's what I want I to see. I don't know why why you know the cone was there in the first yeah. place you know the we, we need we need pip in the chat room because i'd like to know how um how seriously dangerous a, a traffic cone can be to the well-being of an there aircraft. is there's a, th a thing called fod or fod mm. um those of you in the chat room will know what fod is foreign object debris mm. and obviously when you're um flying an aircraft or, or moving around an airfield as i do uh you know you are on the lookout for fod Foreign object debris. Okay. Which could be sucked into an engine. Or, yes, no, I get yeah. that. Yes, yes. So if it, if well, it why was there a traffic cone there? <laughs> well, you know, are you, are, in case you get a, a random uh, car stopping in an unfortunate place. Uh, remarkable. Uh, PT UK podcast is now being streamed into the Tesco's Beckles car park, everyone. Oh, wow. Good news. Good uh, news. And also Dr. Steph. Oh, Steph is streaming the show as well. Good on. Not, not Good from on. not from Tesco's car park. In not Beckles, from Tesco's car park. No, no, no. Absolutely. Um... Did I read that right, Dr. Steph? Yeah, Dr. Yeah. Steph is there. Yes, she's uh, she's now about to go driving, so she's not going to be able to watch no, the show okay, while but she drives, Well, while but she's there, thank you very much for your very generous yes, pa patronage. Yes, while you're there, Steph, if you're still there, yeah. thank you for your very kind donation. Mm, it's really I know, I'm now. so sorry. Yes, I'm not going to complain. No, it's we sunny. mustn't grumble. It is sunny, but... Uh, I would is... like some snow, but there we go. No, you... What? I'd like, I'd like snow. We haven't had any snow, technically, yet, anyway. But moving on to the next story, very this weird. one's for you, Matt. I don't know. I, I'm, I know I'm in shock. All right, okay. No, I, I, I can't read anymore. Well, uh, sorry, this, this <laughs> is the Business Insider UK website. It's in the finance section. And the headline is Airbus A380 Jumbo has a new buyer, but the company doesn't want to say who. Airbus seems to have finally found a new customer for its A380 Super hey. Jumbo. Airbus CEO Fabrice Brieger announced this week that the company's annual meeting uh, that it had a firm order for three aircraft from an undisclosed global leading airline. Hmm. Brieger said that the airline requested that Airbus not yet disclose the buyer's identity, but Nikkei, uh, Nikkei has reported that the mystery airline is Japan's Al Nippon Airways. Really? Indeed. Uh, this would be the first airline to purchase the A380 since Emirates placed an order in late 2013. According to Nikkei, ANA plans to deploy the three double-deckers to ferry tourists back and forth from Tokyo to Hawaii. The deal is valued at just over $1.2 billion. This A380 order seems to have been a couple of years in the making with the Japanese carrier reportedly looking into the airliner as far back as 2014. ANA is expected to take delivery of its A380 starting in 2018. Airbus has sold uh, 319 of the massive jets over the past decade and a half. Emirates alone accounts for 140 of the orders. There are 179 examples of the aircraft in service around the world within, amongst 13 airlines. The news around the A380 is still not completely rosy. This week Virgin Atlantic Airways, which has a long haul delayed, uh, sorry, has a long delayed outstanding order for six A380s, reportedly ordered 12 A350-1000 wide-body airliners to replace the airline's aging Boeing 747-400 leisure fleet. 
Last year, Virgin Atlantic CEO Craig Krieger told Business Insider that the airline would ex accept delivery of the A380s only if there was enough capacity for all six jets. We have reached out uh, to the companies for comment with no response as yet. Wow, I and I then. I've just looked online. I've just found um, an, a story with that photo there of, um, of mm. one. That you can't see that on there, but uh, ANA's three eighty with the paint job and stuff on there. It looks yeah. quite cool. Their um, premium economy they're going to have in the three eighty uh, premium co premium economy section, and they're going to have these in a two three two layout with forty inches of pitch on the seats. So loads of um, legroom. And Sorry to um, interrupt. Steph, Steph is, is listening while she while wow, she drives. She must have a really good phone reception. She's got a very good car. Oh, Never mind all that. Because she has. Because <laughs> she has. Excellent. Yeah, I'll tell you, if Steph lived in the UK, she yes. would definitely shop, uh, shop at Waitrose. Oh, oh, classy. Yeah, oh, classy, classy bird then. Yeah, yes. Okay, yes. yes. Excellent. But uh, <laughs> they're going to have uh, shared um, power sockets in premium economy with right. these. Uh, sh shared AC power sockets mm -hmm. in these in these seats. And uh, just looking at the sh seats now, I'm sorry we can't put them on the screen, but I've, just got, I've got these on, the, on mm. another story here on the other laptop. But uh, it looks very, very nice indeed, okay. uh, these new ANA uh, 380s. So there we go. Wow. Right, so moving on, next story. Yes. And uh, Travel Mole, this website. Ah, and yes. Air passengers could benefit from ruling on lightning strikes. Ooh, wow. So a bit uh, more for the U.S. guys is uh, this the, one. This is, um, this is the excuse that they keep using about the yeah, act of God, yes, as they call it. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So thousands of air passengers could benefit from a court decision this week which ruled that lightning strikes are not one of the extraordinary circumstances that excuse airliners from uh, paying flight delay compensation. Judge Melissa Clark ruled in favour of two passengers in a court appeal case against Monarch Airlines at a Reading County Court. The passengers Michael Evans and his partner Julie Lee were awarded €600 Euros or £450 each for a five-hour flight delay. <laughs> According to law firm Bot & Co solicitors, which acted for Mr Evans, the decision will be highly persuasive in flight delay causes involving lightning in English and Welsh courts. Mm. Although the decision is not legally binding on other courts, it follows an appeal hearing at Luton County Court where a large amount of flight delay cases are heard and is the lead case in the issue of lightning strikes, it said. Bot & Co says the ruling could benefit 54,000 delayed passengers across the different airlines, uh, totalling £17.6 million in flight delay compensation. Although the vast majority of aircraft that are struck by lightning arrive safely and on time, delays can occur when planes land are subject to mandatory safety checks and the airline does not have relief aircraft in place. In this case, Monarch did not have a spare aircraft available at Gatwick or Hurgarda, so passengers had to wait for the plane that had been struck by lightning to be checked in at Gatwick Airport. Monarch tried to urge that this should have been considered an, uh, as an unexpected flight safety shortcoming, which is one of the events and regulations state might be an extraordinary circumstance. But ju her Honourable Judge Melissa Clark ruled damage caused by a lightning strike may well have been an unexpected flight safety shortcoming, but that does not make it an exceptional circumstance. Uh, flight safety shortcoming is uh, an, uh, only an exceptional circumstance if it is not inherent within the normal exercise of the carrier's activity. 
Bot & Co flight delay lawyer Kevin Clark said that this case is about the airline industry having absolutely no measures in place to deal with issues which occur on a day-to-day -day basis. Bad weather is not the airline's fault, but the law says it is their responsibility. If the airlines are not willing to put uh, measures in place to deal with delays caused by weather situations, something which is a daily concern for them, they must be prepared to compensate passengers for their loss of time. The Civil Aviation Authority includes lightning strikes in its list of extraordinary circumstances, but Judge Clark said in her ruling that, uh, that the uh, list is not legally binding and has been proven wrong in court a number of times. A monarch spokeswoman said that we are aware of the judgment and are reviewing it. And that's a brand new story this week, mm. one. So, um, I, I mean, so I, I've got mixed feelings about this, to be honest. So basically, if, you're, if your aircraft is struck yeah. um, on, the, on its way into the airport, yeah. you're waiting to board that aircraft, yeah. um, they're going to delay your flight until they've inspected that aircraft, and that is what this is all about, you know, that yeah. delay there, getting compensation. But I mean, I, I, I suppose it depends I mean, on how long they the have to wait. I mean, it's not the airline's fault. No, really. it's not. No. Um, but as the story said, you know, it would be good if the airlines had another yeah, the aircraft in pl or something. But you can't expect yeah. the airline. Yeah. I mean, in an ideal world, yes, at every single airport that any any carrier will will, will say Monarch only because Monarch is is, is featured in this story. Um, you end up with, uh, you know, in an ideal world, you'd have a spare backup aircraft mm. sat at every single airport that, say, Monarch, you know, operates out of. But in reality, that isn't going to happen. That's that's important. You know, I. I I don't know. I, I I feel a little bit sorry sorry for Monarch on this one, if I'm honest. Um, I th I think they're being used as a bit of a test case, which which I guess has to be done. But um, I I'm not sure I agree. I, I do genuinely. I mean, lightning strikes are genuinely so rare. I I appreciate that the the judge yeah. sort of says it's not. Well, you know, it, it isn't something you can't plan for stuff like that. You no, really that is can't. True. That you is really true. can't plan for stuff like that. Um, Having said that, it's like all these things. If you ha if something goes wrong, it's all about how you handle the customers, yeah. and perhaps that's yeah. more where they went wrong. I, um, I think if if you've got you know if you do have a delay in this mm. situation, you know as long as an airline mm. does supply yes. you with you know the the food and and bits and pieces, yeah. then really that's yeah. that's you know the, the best that they can do. I think. I say is apologies. We do look like we're frowning and things. We're not cross or angry in any no. way, shape, or form. It's just that we're having such a lovely day here in go. the studio. We can't see anything, so it's all of it. So every time I look at the camera, I, I always look like I'm frowning. Because <laughs> can't mind. get about how sunny it no, is. No, I know today. it's incredible. It's what a great day it'd be to be up in up, up in you your do, little cesta. You do realise it's going to be really cold tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was definitely. pretty cold last night, to be honest. It was. Uh, it, it, it's. It's. Uh, I think frosts are on their way. Cross are definitely on their way. So anyway, penultimate story. Yes, the penultimate story. This is uh, on the uh, uh, Flight Globals. Sorry. <laughs> Where I, were you there? I don't know. This is on... Yeah. Uh, yes. I, well, I, I was then going to close the story because you hadn't closed it. Oh, and, yeah. uh, so I nearly shut the story. Anyway, <gasps> nobody really cares. Um, it, it's uh, Flight Global and the headline is Analysis. Boeing takes single aisle output lead for now. Boeing 737 stole the single aisle output crown from Airbus last year after a hiatus of more than a decade. But it is likely to be a, a briefly held lead with the European manufacturer moving back ahead as it ramps up output this year. The 737's uh, overtake of the Airbus A320 family came as the, as the gulf in overall output between the two rivals widened in 2015. 
Boeing delivered 762 aircraft, a 5% rise on its 2014 tally, while Airbus production was essentially flat, increasing from 629 units to 635. Both totals were personal bests, with Boeing breaking the industry record of 723 deliveries it set in 2014. Their combined production increased just over 3% to almost 1,400 aircraft. While Seattle raised full-year 737 output by 10 units to 495 aircraft, production of the A320 was flat at 491 aircraft. This gave the Boeing Twinjet its first production victory over the A320 since 2001, when 299 737s were delivered versus 257 A320s. The following year, both manufacturers cut output in the wake of the 9-11 terrorist attacks, while Airbus resisted pressure to slash A320 deliveries, shipping 236 aircraft. Boeing dropped the 737 rate by a quarter to 223 aircraft. I'm sorry, there was an awful lot of numbers in that story. Quite a lot of numbers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, an awful it's, lot of numbers. They're good numbers, though. But it just uh, it shows that their Boeing is, uh, is still very popular there. Mm, but Airbus aren't far behind. No, indeed. No, it's great. Uh, anyway, on to the final story then, Carl. Which is a... Oh, no. It's a top ten. <laughs> really? Yeah, I thought we'd save a top okay. ten to last. Well, that's we very good do. of you. Absolutely, yes. So this top ten, Matt, what's this one? Uh, this is, uh, it's on the Airports International website, and the headline, or the title of it is UK Airport Punctuality Stats for 2015. Now, this is very, very exciting. Mm, this is ranked by OTP. Okay, who are OTP? I've no idea. Okay, Google that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on-time performance, sorry. On-time performance. Oh, yeah, get this you. Is OAG okay, so it's the top view. 10 UK airports ranked by mm. on-time performance. So, in at number 10. So, at number 10, and uh, with an average on-time performance of 65%, uh, is London Gatwick. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Number 9. At number nine is Lo uh, London Stansted with 67.16% really? of on-time performance. <laughs> number eight. Number eight is London Luton Airport with 67.37% mm. on-time performance. Mm. That's not a surprise, really. Number mm. seven. Number seven is Manchester Airport. They're coming in at 68.66%. Number six is Glasgow Airport. Glasgow. Uh, with 72.09%. Yes. Ah, now at least, at least one appears in the top five here. Number yeah. five. <laughs> and at number five is London Heathrow Airport with 74.63%. Number four. Is Edinburgh up north there, Edinburgh Airport yeah. with 76.52%. Number three. Is Birmingham Airport with 84.42%. Ah, no, no, this is a bit of a surprise. Number two. Is London City Airport right. with eighty-five point five seven percent? That's pretty on good, time isn't it? On time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and the leader of the pack, number one, is Bristol, of, yeah. with eighty-eight point six four percent there wow. of on-time performance stats. That's good. That's quite good. So the no, aviation I... intelligence provider OAG uh, issued the performance statistics for two thousand fifteen. And uh, it's based on tables on 50 million flight records across 900 airlines and 4,000 airports worldwide. The report covers the 2015 calendar and is based on the proportion of flights arriving and departing within 15 minutes of scheduled time. 
the yeah, best, really uh, as we said, the best uh, UK uh, one, as we said, was Bristol. Was Bristol, yeah. And uh, oh, that's quite an interesting one there. Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, obviously, mind you, you have to remember that like, the, the likes of Gatwick and, and um, Heathrow have a huge, mm. um, you know, amount of flights yeah, going yeah, through. Well. Bristol probably is a well. It's probably a. Uh, going to be a step up from Norwich, but nevertheless, it's not going to be carrying quite so many scheduled flights as, say, someone like Stanford. But I mean, London City must have quite a few scheduled flights, I would have thought, because I mean, they've got stuff coming in. And I, I remember I tried to take a photo, um, and it, it didn't really come out very well. But I was on the, they've got this Emirates Airways um, cable car that goes over the Thames. Um, from mm. um, Greenwich to I've forgotten where where it goes to brain has gone, but anyway yeah. uh, it, it goes over the Thames and it's right in the flight path of um, uh, London City Airport. Oh wow! And as I was on there, there was one then taking off, and I, but I couldn't get my phone fired up and, and running in time. And I tried to take a photo, but it was all a bit blurry. So uh, it was an incredible view. If you could ever time it just right, you can get some fantastic photos with your camera. We'll have to go. Yeah, absolutely. We'll have to go and yeah. make a point of and going just out. ride up and down it for yeah. like four hours <laughs> trying to get the, the best thing. Well, so like a day like today, it'd be ideal. Well, absolutely. You get some cracking photos. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that is where we bring the commercial aviation section to a close. Uh, we've got no segment from Pip this week, so we're just going to take a very well, we, brief we break. Have, but we're gonna, we have, but we'll edit that into the... To okay, the, um, yes, that's right. The, yes. Yeah, so yeah, we'll edit into the, yes. to the audio show, but we haven't got uh, the... Uh, Pip segment to bring you in the visual, in the visual uh, side of things absolutely. today. So, uh, but uh, uh, hope that, you're okay in the chat room there. Absolutely. And so we're just going to take a very brief break and we'll be back with the military news after this. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head dot com. The Plane Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from newswires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal? Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on Twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Aviation media has long been the domain of the newspapers and magazines. Well, not anymore. I'm Steve Vischer. And I'm Grant McCarran, and we're bringing aviation right into your radio. Yes, we're making aviation cool and interesting for everyone. Hang on, aviation's always been cool. Check this out. How cool is this? Grant, Grant, turn that down. Here at Plane Crazy Down Under, we've got pilots, engineers, air traffic controllers, industry leaders, even politicians dropping by to talk to us about the amazing world of aviation right here in Australia and occasionally in New Zealand as well. Wow, that's cooler than I thought, mate. Find us at planecrazydownunder.com, on iTunes, or lurking about on other people's podcasts just like this one. We've got crazy accents and lots of great aviation content. And we promise not to talk about the cricket. No, never. Not the cricket. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> what is cricket anyhow? Something we win a lot. Oh, there we oh. go. <laughs>
And we're back. We are indeed. We're definitely back, yep. And uh, just after a little short break there. Hello. Matt's been... <laughs> Matt, in that time, you actually went and got a I cup know. of coffee. <laughs> Get which me. is amazing. Okay, so... Well, so loads of people in the chat room still. Yep. So hello to all you. Um, Mark Harvey, yep. Masher. To, probably Dr. Steph is uh, yeah, probably she's busy driving. That's she's in a car, cool. so yeah, I'm, I'm hoping she's uh, concentrating on driving. Obviously, of course she is. Um, yes. so, I can uh, say this yeah. program is prone to putting people to sleep. That's anything that makes me a bit nervous. <laughs> that's what my wife says. That's what my wife. <laughs> that's what she said. Indeed, absolutely. Yes, yes. So, um, oh yeah, that ex excellent. We've Who else have we got? Yes, we we had uh, Stuart earlier. Um, Stuart Hunt and uh, Pip, obviously. Paul Tricker, he was he was there. He was watching us in Tesco's car park, as you do in a in a <laughs> supermarket car park. Absolutely, yes. So don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you are. Uh uh, on Patreon, we would appreciate um, any any support that you can spare us. That would be great, yeah. just to help keep making the show better and better. It's patreon.com forward slash UK. So Philip Davis has just popped up in the chat room. He's still there. He's been sorting out the food shop that's just arrived. Ah, so well done, Philip. Excellent. Yeah, don't forget to uh, to put the milk in the fridge. Obviously, yeah, yeah not in the cupboard like I did once. Or uh, or you could just <laughs> actually you could just put the milk outside. Uh, you um, could if you're here, it, yes, because uh, he's he's in um, he's in uh, Torquay, isn't he? Yes, yes, yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, well, that's probably warmer than it is here, to be honest. It's four degrees. Oh right, oh, no, per perfect degrees, fridge yeah. temperature then. Mm, yeah, very much so. <laughs> very much so. So we've got uh, a few st military stories have, to yep. bring you. And uh, and yeah, that, and that is about wrapped up for this week's show. Indeed, right. Okay, let's do this then. So if you're ready, uh, it's time for the military section. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's, let's go. go. Breakfast was lovely you done earlier, just by the way. Excellent. That was a long Matt time done, ago now. <laughs> he done such an awesome breakfast earlier. You wouldn't believe it was healthy. healthy yeah, it was very nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so on the uh, first news story on the military segment for this week on Flight Global, and uh, there's some pictures in this one. Matt will mm -hmm. put this up okay, in a bit. Yep. Um, but the headline is B-52 one joins... One degree in Torquay, uh, by the way. Oh, one degree in one Torquay. B-52 joins uh, F-15s and F-16s in Korea after oh, nuclear cool. test. So North Korea's underground nuclear test uh, last week may not have yielded the hydrogen bomb supreme leader Kim Jong-un claim, but this seismic uh, spectacle did produce a captivating aerial display south of the border. Ooh. The US Air Force sent its veteran strategic bomber, a trusty Boeing B-52H from Anderson Air Force Base in Guam, to Osan Air Force Base, accompanied by an F-15K Slam Eagles of the Republic of Korea Air Force and locally based US Lockheed Martin F-16s. Cool. The low-level flight of the nuclear-capable bomber was a direct response to the North's fourth underground nuclear test on the 6th of January, which was claimed to be the nation's first hydrogen bomb. Though not actually a hydrogen bomb, but a less powerful atomic explosion, according to the Pentagon, the test prompted a swift rebook from America and the regional allies. In a joint statement by Defense Secretaries of the U.S. and Japan, the nuclear test was an unacceptable and irresponsible act that undermines regional stability. In another statement accompanying the B-52H's flight, U.S. Pacific Commander Chief Admiral Harry Harris called the bomber's presence a demonstration of the iron ironclad U.S. commitment to our allies in South Korea, in Japan, and to the defense of the American homeland. Mm. 
The B-52H can carry up to 20 nuclear-tipped AGM-86B air launch cruise missiles. Although this aircraft on rotation from Minot Air Force Base in North Dakota appeared to be unarmed except for a sniper targeting pod, at least externally. If loaded, the long-serving type that was delivered by Boeing in 1961 and 1962 can carry up to 31.5 tonnes of munitions at 50,000 feet, according to the Air Force. As of December 2015, there were 58 aircraft in the active infantry and 18 in the reserve Air Force. It's doubtful that a single under-equipped B-52 would have any deterrent effect on Kim Jong-un, but the deployment is reminiscent of the Northrop Grumman B-2 flight to the same airbase in 2013. It also comes uh, as the Air Force makes the case for spending an estimated $80 billion on a next-generation heavy hauler. The long-range striker bomber won by Northrop last October and contested by Boeing Lockheed. And Matt's just going to pop those up on the screen for you there so you can have a good old look at the okay. photo there yeah, of the B-52 F-16 there. Wow. And, uh, and the That's F incredible. And the F-15 there. Look, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Look at that. God, it's a beast, it's isn't a it? Beast, so that's isn't the beat. What was that? The beat. It's B not a beat. We know a song about that, don't we, children? There we go. <laughs> There's another one there. There's indeed. one. Very nice indeed. That is great, isn't it? Well done, and for those of you in the UK who um, have got the ability to go to Duxford Imperial mm. War Museum in Cambridge, yeah, definitely. And you can go and uh, see one of these uh, close up and personal. Yeah. Yeah. Big, big beasts, aren't they? You don't. It's the thing is, like when you see them up in the sky, it's like with any aircraft. You don't really uh, appreciate. Um, difficult to appreciate s the scale of the of the. Of these, but they're such these an old beasts. aircraft as well. Yeah, but, but that doesn't seem to matter. So well built. That doesn't yeah. that doesn't they're seem to matter, does it? These days, I mean, it's you know, you quite often, especially in the military, you quite often have uh, vehicles uh, uh, in the air for sort of fifty odd years, don't you? Mm. You know. Anyway, on to the next, next story. story. This is on Flight Global again, and it's Malaysia takes delivery uh, of its second A400M. The Royal Malaysian Air Force has accepted its second Airbus Defence and Space A400M tactical support uh, transport during a ceremony in Kuala Lumpur. The aircraft uh, has been in Malaysia since arriving on 29th of December 2015 after a delivery flight from Seville, Spain, says the Air Force. Uh, it is the second of four A400Ms destined for use within the service. Flight Global's Fleet Analyzer database shows that Kuala Lumpur ordered four A400Ms in 2005 and that the first example was delivered in March 2015. Malaysia is expected to receive its remaining two examples later on this year. Wow, that's another country to add to the list. At the moment stands at Germany, France, Spain, the UK, Belgium, Luxembourg and now Malaysia wow, yeah, no, with I, the A400M. Malaysia is a lovely place actually. I have mm. been once. Uh, I landed at Kuala Lumpur Airport. is absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning. I've never seen an airport like it. So spacious and, and beautifully air-conditioned, <laughs> which is a relief in yeah. Malaysia. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah, so morning Alan. Alan's just joined us in the chat room. Alan? Yeah. Is that uh, the... There we go. Ah, uh, Captain Al. Hello, Captain Al. Yeah. He's in the chat room. Well done. Thank you for joining us this is. morning. Yes, thank, and also thank you for your patronage. Yes, thank you, Captain Al, for your mm. patron donation. Yes, yes definitely. Absolutely. Very, very grateful. So the next story on Flight Global. Yes, more uh, pictures. More pictures. And the headline Airbus to flight test new C uh, 295 aerial refueling rig. Uh, Air 
bus defence and spaces development of an air-to-air refuelling system for the C-295 is moving ahead with a dry contract uh, flight test plan for in 2016, ahead of the full fuel transferal trial. The company's uh, A400M turboprop is late in receiving an air-to-air refuelling capability, causing frustration among customers, uh, with France now turning to the Lockheed Martin KC-130J for tra- uh, support. We covered that story actually mm, last week. Uh, now Airbus wants to outfit the stout C295 with a centerline cabin-mounted hose and drogue air-to-air refuelling uh, for combat helicopters. The device uh, would be a new capability option for the current and prospective C-295 operators. Uh, We have already performed the hose control test in the rig, and we are currently preparing the hose control test for in-flight testing, a spokesman said uh, to Flight Global. We aim to perform the dry contact flight level test with a C295W test aircraft during 2016, and then perform the full transfer uh, fuel uh, tri- uh, transfer in uh, during flight tests in the uh, later part of this year. If successful, the spokesman says the technology would become available during 2017, and Airbus is already in talks with potential buyers. Uh, Matt will put the picture up on the screen there yep, of uh, the C295W. That's kind of a sort of a smaller transport, very quite mm. a small transport plane. But uh, if I move up to here to where the there we go, there's the refueling. Uh, kind cool. of um, drogue there, and I mean, if I'm they surprised it's. I'm surprised they're using props. Oh Prop. no, they, yeah, this is uh, this is quite a new aircraft, Matt. This mm. is yeah, yeah. You'll yeah. start. You'll learn all these things you see as you well, go. Yes, on. I'm getting there. I'm getting <laughs> there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These uh, these are um, yeah, these are quite quite a popular aircraft now mm. for Airbus. And um, as as it says here, the A400M has been slow in, yeah. in giving the the air to air refueling uh, capabilities. So they've got to have something else in place here. For the uh, for the airlines or the uh, the um, air forces to use, so um, cool. it'll be good to see this one Definitely. after it's been tested. Absolutely. Anyway, cool. on to our penultimate story. Big this story. is on the Royal Air Force website, and the headline is Puma Squadron marks 100 years. Uh, yesterday, uh, which would have been January the 13th, which was actually a few days ago, so January the 13th saw um, uh, was marked 100 years. Um, marked 100 years of uh, since the formation of 33 Squadron and the iconic day was commemorated with a formal parade in the hangar that has been their home since 1997. The Squadron was formed in Filton on the 12th of January 1916 as part of the home defence and has continued to contribute to con- combat and humanitarian operations around the globe over the past century. Currently 33 Squadron A flight uh, are deployed in Afghanistan uh, in support of Operation Toral, the ongoing NATO training mission. Uh, The squadron is no stranger to serving overseas, uh, having spent many years, much of having spent many years, much of World War II operating over Europe before moving to the Far East. From operating the Bristol F-2B as part of the world's first dedicated night fighter force during World War I to flying the iconic Spitfire during the later World War II years, the squadron has continued to deliver excellence with the most capable aircraft. They currently operate the extensively upgraded Puma II helicopter, which provides essential lift capabilities for combat training, disaster relief, humanitarian and air security missions. 
Squadron personnel were joined today by several of their former commanding officers for a formal centenary parade in their hangar. The Vice Lord Lieutenant of Oxfordshire, Mr John Harwood DL, kindly agreed to act as the reviewing officer for the parade of over 80 RAF personal personnel. Also amongst the distinguished guests was Michael Percival, who is a former member of the squadron who was also celebrating his 90th birthday wow. on that day. Following the parade, there was a short memorial service in the hangar where all those who have served on the squadron over the past century were remembered, particularly those who made the ultimate sacrifice. A centenary painting was also unveiled, taking pride of place in the main entrance to the squadron. Group Captain Simon uh, Patterson, Station Commander at RAF Benson, where the squadron is currently based, said that I was delighted to be I was delighted to be part of such a hot historic centenary parade for 33 Squadron today. It's not often in your career you can say that you've been part of such a significant event. The squadron was such uh, has such a colourful and extensive history that it's only fitting their centenary was marked with the gravitas, uh, particularly as they continue to deliver excellence on operations in Afghanistan. Wing Commander Mark uh, Biggerdike, the officer commanding 33 Squadron, who formally handed over the squadron and its heritage to its successor Wing Commander Andy Barron at the parade, said, Today has been a day that I will never forget. It has been an absolute honour to command the squadron for the past two years and I can think of no better way to complete my duties than to celebrate and commemorate our centenary with so many of 33 Squadron past and present. 33 Squadron has achieved so much over the past century and I am certain that they will continue to deliver excellence to defence for many, many years to come. So the Puma is a four-bladed, uh, twin-engined, medium-transport utility mm -hmm. helicopter. Lovely. Uh, the Puma was originally built by Sud Aviation in France and then continued to be made by Aerospatiale. Uh, it was also licence-built in Romania as the IAR-330, uh, and uh, it uh, was also made in South Africa as well. Wow. Um, the first flew uh, on the 15th of April 1965. Wow. So it's, uh, it's been going quite a long while, the Puma. Mm. Um, primary users being uh, the French Army, the Royal Air Force, and the Romanian Air Force, and the Lebanese Air Force as well. <laughs> and there's been 697 of these helicopters uh, produced. Um, so a little bit of information there Indeed. on the Puma. Absolutely. <laughs> So our, our next story then is uh, uh, one of the ones we've been, well, we, uh, we got asked to do, a, 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 <laughs> a, oh, it was a, a, a UAV story, yes, yes. I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, so we scoured the uh, realms of, well, we scoured the realms of the internet, didn't mm. we, to look for a UAV story. Certainly did. And uh, we've got one, where do, we, do we find this one here? Here we go, the, on the Flight Global website, yes. this one. And uh, Germany picks Heron TP for interim UAV capability. Yeah. So Germany's Defence Ministry has selected Israel Aerospace's Industries Heron TP unmanned aerial vehicle as the preferred uh, system to meet its future requirements. Uh, last year, Airbus Defence and Space and IAI signed a teaming agreement with uh, these guys linked to the proposed continuation of services to the German military using the new Heron variant. Uh, this would follow on from the uh, Bundeswehr's use of the Heron 1 in Afghanistan performed under lease with the Airbus unit. 
Uh, Berlin has been looking for a bridging solution with upgraded features which will enable it to maintain surveillance capabilities until the arrival of proposed joint European medium altitude long endurance UAV around 2025. Discussions will now progress on a lease deal which uh, reports suggest is likely for, uh, to be between three and five air vehicles. Announced by Defence Minister Ursula von der Leyen on the 12th of January, the selection of the Heron TP was made in preference to a rival proposed using the General Atomics Aeronautical <laughs> Systems MQ-9 Reaper. Now Matt's going to put a photograph yep, of, uh, there we go, of the Heron on the screen there. there you so go. you can see the Heron. It's a bizarre looking aircraft, isn't it? We should do more UAV stories. There we go. The Heron 1. Yeah. The IAI Heron 1. Mm. So uh, an unmanned aerial vehicle, as we know. Uh, yeah. Nature, uh, the uh, country of origin, Israel, for this. Yep. First flew in 1994. So it's a relatively old um, yeah. uh, one. It's been around for a long time. You don't realise how long they've been there. Uh, these have a unit cost of $10 million each. Wow. They're not cheap. Definitely not cheap. No. But no. these can fly for a 52-hour-long endurance, these uh, mm. particular ones here. Um, and they can also have a payload as well of various different um, sort of uh, surveillance stuff and that on board. That's yeah, fantastic. But, uh, uh, yeah, for those of you who, who love your UAV or your unmanned aerial vehicle mm. stuff, uh, don't forget to check out the UAV Digest podcast yes. uh, produced by David... Uh, uh, Van der Hoff Vanderhoff and yeah. Max Flight over mm. there at the UAV Digest. If you search on uh, iTunes, you'll mm. find their show there. And every week they do a half-hour show, mm -hmm. uh, all to do just, well, with everything with drones with and UAVs. UAVs. Absolutely. And uh, yeah. it's a show I, I love it. I listen to it every week, yeah. and it's a great show. Absolutely. And Actually, on that note, uh, one of the stories that was sent to us earlier in the show, um, and that was that was from the Daily Mail website, and this one said here, uh, that um, uh, Airbus reveals drone killer camera system that can automatically detect and disable UAVs. Now that's quite cool. Uh, they've begun. They've. They've. Uh, they have begun a growing threat to airports, power stations, and even public events. Now Airbus has revealed a new drone killer system that can automatically monitor an area and disable the drone by jamming its signals if it spots ones. The system can even analyze signals from the drone to work out exactly where it is being controlled from. Now, that's a useful function, isn't it? Uh, all over the world, incidents with, uh, incidents with universally available small drones have revealed a security gap with regards to critical installations such as military barracks, airports, or nuclear plants, said Thomas Mueller, the head of the electronics business line at Airbus Defence and Space. As a, as a specialist in defence electronics, we have all the technologies in our portfolio and the integration knowledge uh, which are needed to set up a quick response protection system with extremely low false alarm rates. The system offers a very high effective by combining sensor data from different sources with the latest data fusion, signals analysis and jamming technologies. It uses operational radars, infrared cameras and direction finders from Airbus Defence and Space's portfolio to identify the drone and assess its threat potential at ranges between 5 and 10 kilometres. 
based on an extensive threat library and real-time analysis of control signals, a jammer then interrupts the link between the drone and pilot and or its navigation. Furthermore, the direction finder tracks the position of the pilot who subsequently can be arrested uh, due to the smart responsive jamming technology developed by Airbus Defence and Space. The jamming signals are blocking only the relevant signals, uh, signals and frequencies to operate the drone while other frequencies in the vicinity remain completely operational. Since the jamming technologies contain versatile receiving and transmitting capabilities, more sophisticated measures like remote control classification and GPS spoofing can be utilized as well. This allows effective and specific jamming and also a controlled takeover of the UAV. The counter UAV system has been tested extensively at Airbus Defence and Space's own premises and during customer presentations in Germany and France. So there we go. That's very clever, isn't it? Mm. I mean, this is probably the way the way to go, actually, isn't it? It's a shame we can't do it with laser pens, track yeah. exactly where where the source came from. But I think that this is actually a very sensible way to go, because you stand a chance of actually finding which person it is that's yeah. doing doing what they shouldn't. And and the great the great thing is you don't damage the evidence if you can take control of it. Mm. And that is clever. But that's why they're doing this registration thing in the US. Yes, absolutely. Um, as of Boxing Day. Yeah. Those of you who listen to UAV Digest will know um, mm. that uh, in the US... We even, we even got a little sneak peek we in did. our Christmas message. We did, we? yeah. yeah. Um, that you have to register your drone now in Ooh. the US. And as um, if you go on the website, yeah. um, over there, I forget what your website is, but I'm sure Max and uh, David will be able to tell you. Mm. But uh, you have to... If your drone is above a certain weight, yes. then you have to register your drone in the US... Um, it, it's only a small five dollar or something. I think not, it's not registration much, fee. It? It's not a lot. Um, and then obviously you have a. They send you a, a tiny little, like a registration number that you then place on your drone. Mm. And uh, obviously, if you lose your drone or it flies into someone's, I don't know, yeah. garden, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then your drone could be traced back mm. to you. But obviously, if your drone does something naughty, it could also be traced. Uh, back it to can you. also be yeah. traced back to you, uh, which is good. But that it's got to go that way, hasn't it? There's no two, you know. Yeah. It's got, it's got to go that I way. Think I mean, they're great things, aren't they? I mean, they. Oh, I love them. Uh, yeah, yeah and, and Pip loves his, doesn't oh, he? Yeah, I mean, he's forever yeah. flying yeah. his. But obviously, he's, you know, he knows what he's doing, which is yeah. a huge help. And and I, you know, obviously, you know, anybody with a bit of common sense isn't going to do something stupid with it, like fly it into controlled airspace, for no, example. No, no. Um, I can't so, believe people. There's still yeah, stories we cover. I know people are doing such stupid things as that. I know but there it, we it's go. frightening, really, isn't it? So with the uh, the air show season then uh, going to be starting, uh, yeah. well, fairly. I mean, it'll soon be Absolutely, here. Yeah. Um, April is seeing the start of the season here in the UK. Um, the first show being on April ninth. At uh, we're not going to go through a huge list, but we'll, the, the first show, the kicking off this year, is going to be in Wiltshire, and that's the Aeron Aero. Eron, Eronka, Eronka, Eronka Cotswold Picnic. Eronka, yeah. Eronka Cotswold Picnic. That's on the 9th of April, so that'll be the first um, official air show uh, such on the uh, on the circuit in mm. April this year. Uh, um, as uh, you guys will we, we know, sh- we should we should do we should do old the old Buckingham one, the wings. We and should wheels, do. Yeah. You reckon? Yeah, we do. Well, I we, think we, we should we, do that. We, a road trip in the, in the TriStar van, oh, I think. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, there, no, those of you uh, on the show will know that obviously me and Matt uh, will be at uh, Riyadh and Farnborough this yes. year, which are literally one weekend after each other oh, this year. Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's going to be a busy month, July. Yeah, wish me, me luck Matt. with that one then. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be all right. Mm. You better. Yeah, we need to hurry up and win the lottery. 
Yeah. <laughs> that would be even better. I don't I don't want to be uh be all alone. <laughs> no, you won't be all alone. I'll definitely be there for for some of it. Farm Brian. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. I mean I I'll, I'll be there at least one of all of the days. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'd like to be there for the whole thing. That that that, that Farm is going to be huge as yeah. yeah Farm yeah, is going to be massive. Yeah, yeah. Obviously um those of you in the chat room will know that uh, that uh, the airplane uh, airline pilot guys uh, guys yeah, are coming over. Uh, really Dr. Great. Steph yeah. and uh, can't wait. And Captain Jeff and Miami Rick as well are all Lovely. coming over to the UK. Captain Jeff Felmer is, well is coming he? over yeah. um, from the show, so that'll be awesome. It will be good. Um, yeah. but it's going to be just a massive show. And I, and I think and as well, Max West I think is coming over from uh, the airplane geeks as well. Great. Max Flight and, and those and David and that, and uh, Rob Mark. I don't think they're coming across, right. but I think okay. uh, uh, Max West is coming across. We're going to we're going to have a bash at doing a live show at one of these events. Yeah, as well, with so. Matt is Matt's been yeah, scurrying around his we've been piles testing, of yeah. technical equipment. We've been to testing try stuff. And, um, uh, we were testing it last week, weren't we? It was actually going yeah. very well. Our, yeah, yeah, our preliminary it did work. test. It did work. It did yeah. work. Um, we we may well be able to bring you a live show. With one camera, I yes. don't think we're going oh, to no, be able to do No, 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 we can do two cameras. Oh, two. We can okay, easily we do, do two, two cameras. Okay, we do two. Oh, in fact, we can do two wide, we can do two and the camera on your, on your laptop. On, on your yeah, laptop. So, yeah. in theory, we should be able to do three cameras. So, we might be able to bring you a, a, a show, well, from, uh, hopefully from, uh, from the air from shows. From both air shows, that's year. the plan. Yeah, we're planning to do good. two live shows from an air show. Um, the only thing is, obviously, the content, um, obviously, the interviews and stuff will, will be ad will go out in in sort of later shows. But yeah. uh, hopefully, we'll be able to do a story live. Yeah, that's nice, going to be very it? exciting. Nice, it? Anyway, that is where we have to bring episode number ninety five to a close. <laughs> wow. uh, to get in touch with the show, you've got all the usual ways. It is www.plaintalkinguk.com. It's Facebook. It's facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk. Our Patreon Patreon page is patreon.com forward slash Plain Talking UK and our Twitter handle is at Plain Talking UK and don't forget as well uh, to send us in your feedback yeah voice we, we want to hear we want to hear yeah. your voices yeah. you know we, we got we're some... sick of hearing our own so yes frankly so it's nice to hear other people's so for those for those of you in the chat room who are yeah. listening don't forget send us in your voice feedback yeah. You can send uh, it by any. You send it by email. You can send it to us in a message in Facebook. Mm. Uh, even yeah. it doesn't matter where it comes from. I can retrieve it from whatever source. So don't use that as an excuse. It works very well on iPhones. You can use iPhones to record it as well. There is no excuse. Every platform supports voice audio sending nowadays. So uh, get the get that feedback into us. Be yeah, great. definitely, definitely. And uh, yeah, and don't forget, uh, Pilot Pip's segment uh, will be in the audio version of this yes, show. Yes, yes, uh, we heard um, that earlier. Yeah, uh, if you're you... listening on the on on the uh, the uh, the edited version, the yeah. posh version, the tidied uh, up, the tidied version. up version. Yeah, <laughs> and don't forget, you can catch Pip on the Plane Safety Podcast yeah. over at PlaneSafetyPodcast dot com. Yeah. And uh, you can find him on iTunes. Uh, just search for Plane Safety Podcast. You'll find him on iTunes. And yeah, uh, yeah he uh, he's. Uh, I I haven't downloaded his latest one. I listened to mm. the one where he had uh, Captain Al yes. on the show because yeah. uh, Al's in the chat room now. Look, yeah. uh, which was a Is brilliant he? episode. Yeah. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And it looks like they had an amazing time over at uh, yeah. over celebrating oh, yeah. over celebrating Jeff's um, Jeff's two uh, hundredth episode. Yeah, yes, yeah. we've got one hundred to celebrate we in, have. in five episodes' time. So, so quite what we're going to do. For everyone listening yes. right now, 
we need your ideas. Yep. What what would you I mean be be realistic. Yeah, yeah, obviously. <laughs> yes, yes. I mean there's lots of pie in the sky ideas we can all easily come up with with regard to What would you like to see us do for our 100th episode? And that, if for me it doesn't include jumping out of any perfectly functioning aeroplane just oh, in case anybody gets a crazy Scrap crazy idea. idea. Yeah, right. absolutely. Let me just email this plane here. Ah, oh, dear. Scrap the idea. Please Matt will not jump out of you. A... Are very, very mean. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> absolutely, perhaps we, perhaps we could do a live show from the coach. Why? Whilst you're driving. <laughs> no, I we can't could, press any we buttons could, while we I'm could driving. do. We, I tell you, we could do a road. <laughs> we could do a road trip. Yeah. Of all the major airports in the UK. What? No. In your coach. <laughs> no. Have you any idea how much that would cost? <laughs> Okay, perhaps not then. That's not a good idea. All right, dude. It would be cheaper for us to fly out to America and do one oh, out I'm, there. I oh, know. <laughs> Ironically, the the thing does eight miles to the gallon. You know, that gives you an idea. Well, the Cessna one fifty is not that much better, but I mean, well, yes, I know. But you can go a lot further for that for that money. Anyway, that right. is where we bring episode ninety five to a close. But thank everyone in the chat room for joining mm, us this yes. morning. Thanks very much for you guys in the chat room uh, as always coming in to see us in the morning at 10 o'clock yep. when we started. Yeah, yeah thanks for all you lot yeah. in there. And, oh, there we go. You can probably just hear... Yeah, we can hear the uh, the airplane. And there, yeah, there's the uh, Cessna 208 caravan. Got, he, he hasn't got his transponder on. It's very he hasn't, no, he's not got his transponder. I'll just no. have a quick check before yes. we go offline okay. to see whether whether anyone who's on Flight Radar 24 can track the uh, parachute plane. Let's have a look. Mm. No, unfortunately not. He has not got his transponder no. on. Otherwise, no. I would uh, I would be able to tell all the guys in the chat room they could look on. Uh, yeah, there. they can have a look. Uh, Philip Davis, before we go, has just said in the chat room that uh, they should um, they should have a we should do a coach trip with all the listeners on board. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. How are we going to get together? <laughs> oh, that would be <laughs> that would brilliant. Require lots like of people that. coming over here. I yes. know, I know. Oh, Doctor Steph. Uh, yeah, she's just popped up again there. So she's she's obviously arrived safely at her destination. Good. Excellent. Or as your uh, sat nav would say, you arrived safely at yes, your destination. Yes. <laughs> Very good. I can't remember what my, I never have the sound on on mine, so I don't know what no. mine says. Anyway, thanks again, Steph, for your donation on uh, mm. the Patreon. And Captain Al as well, thank you. And Captain Al, yeah, and to uh, to all those guys who were mentioned yeah. at the start of the show. Yes. Right, that's it. With, then a, with our bring... cheesy 70s music. I know, I know. <laughs> we're just playing really Really? What are you doing? No, no. Oh, here we go. Oh, hello. Oh, yeah. Royalty fee music, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs> That's where we're going to bring the end of the show to episode 95. It's coming to an end, so get to be alive. Matt's looking at me like I'm crazy, but I'm not because I'm just so freaking lazy. No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm, I'm actually speechless. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay. We are going to bring episode 95 to a close. Then. Don't forget, send us your feedback in. And uh, thank you. Do you see what I have all. to put up with? <laughs> honestly. You know, you, you work very hard to bring a level of professionalism <laughs> to the show every single week. And it's then, fun. And it's then fun. that happens. I mean, honestly. <sighs> So to everyone then in the chat room, uh, have a great weekend. I hope you all uh, enjoy your weekend and stay safe for those of you guys in the UK <gasps> I like with that the icy idea. weather. I like What's that, that idea. Grab a cheap flight to Skiphole and do a live episode from the observation deck. <gasps> oh, blimey. Ooh. 
We'd have to research that yeah, one. Yeah, we're going to look into that one. I like that idea. From the observation deck, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 As long as it's 4G, I'm sure there probably is 4G in, in the Netherlands. It's only yeah. this part of the world that's never heard of it. I know, I know. <laughs> mm. Right. I, I dread to think what the roaming charges <laughs> might be, but anyway, we'll worry about uh, that. Too much karaoke. Right, mm. well, thanks very much, guys, for joining us on the yeah. show this week. Don't forget, join Philip, us next week. Philip, you're lost for words. I, I, I have no words. It's uh, Anyway, thanks for ruining the show, Carlos. Look thanks out for the... Uh, <laughs> Look out for the links on Facebook for uh, episode 96 next yes. Saturday. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you what, I'm going to publish them right now. Good man. Yeah. So that's it then for episode 95. Take care, everyone. Have a great weekend. Yes. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye.